right in front of me and was like i think she was about to take a piss or a shit and like just we locked eyes and i was like oh god (laughs) you had eye contact with her yeah i was like please don't take a piss right here like i want to say something but it's like there's just no point yeah and i'm not gonna get as long as they're not in the way i don't mess with them but yeah What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm your host, Venture, and we got a good one for you today. Go ahead and tell us your name and where you're from. Yeah, so my name is Will Kiger, um, kind of from all over the South. Uh, born in Durham, North Carolina, Duke Hospital. Shout out to Duke, Bull City. Uh, but basically split my childhood between uh, kindergarten through sixth grade in Richmond, Virginia, and then seventh through twelfth in Nashville, uh, my mom, okay. and, my mom and dad still live in Nashville. My twin brother, my oldest brother. That's really where I go home. If I had to claim one place, it'd be Nashville. That's where I go home for the holidays. Dude, Nashville, that. I hear is blowing up like crazy, right? Like that's pretty cool. Dude, it's it's blowing up insane. Like every single time I go back there, it looks like a completely different city. Just about there's buildings everywhere. Stuff that used to be country is now developed. It's uh, it's basically turning to L.A. the South. Like yeah. between the shitty traffic and the uh entertainment scene and also it's like the bachelorette capital of america really oh yeah because tennessee touches seven different states so there's a ton of places within three hours of nashville um but also it's just a really great place to party broadway there's a bunch of three four-story bars and uh oh that's cool it's just a destination kind of place but yeah it's it's blowing up crazy right yeah dude i'm excited thank you for coming on obviously we got you on just because like we're neighbors. You know, yeah. how, how was yeah. the commute this morning? Right? Uh, yeah. Pretty was, crazy. Uh, yeah. A whole five second walk over here. Exactly. We were working out and it's funny because I have the, like you probably have the personality that's similar to that. I'm super extroverted. Like yeah. whenever, like my dream is to see somebody on the sidewalk with a fucking microphone like you were doing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. that guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. Hey, come over here for a second. I know. Let me know. Let's see, like, let me see what you're about because that's just like kind of what we do. Like it's super fun. Hannah does a lot of like YouTube videos, things like that. So whenever we see somebody like vlogging or documenting something or doing that we're like hey what do you do like let me see your shit i want to support it it's it's nice to have that other perspective that perspective because most times people look at you like look at this asshole vlogging or whatever but uh no it's funny yeah i've seen you guys out there working out before and i was like man they look like a cool couple that's like around my age like i i always wanted to just say something be like yo what's up and uh but you know, when you reached out and was like, I was literally across the street and he was like, Hey, do you have a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I do actually. And then, uh, yeah, it just kind of went from there. So yeah, I really appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah. Tell us, go ahead and plug sort of your setup and things like that. Your show. Yeah. So I, uh, I run the business operations for a baseball softball organization, uh, over in Torrance, California, South Bay. I'm, we're in Long Beach right now, but it's about 30 minutes, uh, from here close to LA Basically, um, I produce and co-host a radio show called Sandlot Radio Show um, with my partner, Tad Powers, former uh, minor league player and major league scout. Nice. And uh, basically, the premise of the show is we go around interviewing major league players, coaches, scouts, front office media, college players, and all that stuff, too, about their childhood Sandlot uh, baseball stories. So if you've ever seen the movie Sandlot, I fucking love Sandlot. That's, that's exactly what the show's about right there. So it's a really cool, cool show. Um, it was on KBC 790 AM last year. This year it's going to run from April 6th for 33 consecutive weeks on uh, KAVL 610 AM and 106.7 FM, which is uh, Fox Sports Radio, and it's the longest-standing Dodgers affiliate 
We have all our replays from last season up on SoundCloud for free. You can go listen to those anytime. Um, it's just Sandlot Radio Show. There yeah. is a couple different ones, so make sure you just type Sandlot Radio Show and the, the picture is a little baseball. And then we're also starting to do a podcast now. I'm actually dropping the first episode today. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Out of, uh, out of, so the facility or organization I work at is called Wreck and Yard Baseball and Softball. Yeah, I want to talk about that too. Definitely. So the podcast is basically, the, the radio show runs alongside the major league season. And then right now we're in the off season. So this is when we're doing the podcast and I have a bunch of guys from the facility and we just, we just talk shit about baseball, man. We just have fun and, and talk about baseball, what's going on in the game. Um, not just major league, but we even talk about travel ball and that podcast is called Sandlot and the crew. First episode's actually going to be dropping today. Yeah. We'll check that out. Um, yeah, for sure. You can follow Sandlot radio show on Instagram, wrecking yard baseball on Instagram. And then my personal Instagram is just at will underscore Kiger, K-I-G-E-R. I love it, man. Tell me about the wrecking yard, because I think a lot of the kind of topics that I want to hit on are basically related to just youth sports. Yeah. It's vital. Youth sports is more important than school. I don't care whatever it is right now. If there was no youth sports, I would have dropped out. Like Preach, man. Whatever. Yeah. So yeah, like the program that you guys are building up, I'll be honest with you right now, best overall athlete i would say that's what my background was is okay. i will go multi-sport yeah. toe-to-toe with anybody that was my background was you you could throw me in a baseball game you could throw me on the track you could throw me on the wrestling mat you could put me in a basketball game Hell yeah. it was very overall because i there's not a lot of guys out there that had the level of stamina that i had mm-hmm. with the level of power and explosiveness right. things like that but baseball is a sport to where it's not unknown to me. I get it. I can play it, right. but I haven't, I'm not dedicated like you. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> the overall that I'll go into is you can go into baseball if you want, but youth sports, that's yeah. what it is, regardless of what it is. Absolutely. It's vital. Well, yeah, we can touch on youth sports for sure. I mean, I was very similar growing up. Um, I played every sport besides I think lacrosse and ice hockey. I played baseball, basketball, football, mm-hmm. wrestled a little bit. I never ran track. Um, but Absolutely. I encourage all kids to play as many sports as you possibly can. And a lot of the major league players we interview, when we ask them, you know, what was the separator? Why are you in the major leagues? How did you get here? Almost, it's crazy that almost all of them are like, I credit it to playing multiple sports. Yeah. Like when you're young, you need to play soccer, basketball, football, gymnastics, dance, wrestling, like tennis, just do everything you possibly can. It's going to give you so much better of a background and just being able to use your athleticism and what you learn over here can help you over here but huge fan of um youth sports i definitely think every kid should be playing sports it's a great way to just learn about teamwork sacrifice hard work um and it's just fun man you're gonna meet some new friends and and have a great time um what we do over at wrecking yard so wrecking yard baseball and softball we uh we have our own training facility, so it's a little indoor batting cage. We got five batting cages, a little gym area. Mm-hmm. We offer private lessons, cage rentals, camps, clinics, birthday parties, and then we have eight to twelve travel baseball teams, just depending on what time of the year it is. Uh, a lot that of that sounds like a lot to me. Is that a lot? It's it's a lot, man. Yeah. It's it's definitely a lot. It keeps me busy for sure. And uh, then we have two to four travel softball team just depending on what time of the year it is because our kids still play little league when when little league is in season uh we have teams from nine to 18 u 
just depending on the time of year, really. That's what's up. Yeah. I want to get into sort of, I'm from Torrance, by the way. No too. way. So yeah, uh, Hannah is as well. We graduated from West High. Really? Yeah. No shit. So I what went year? to West High, 2018. Okay. Yep. The owner, um, his name is Mason Morioka. You probably don't know him because he's older. He's like 33. Yeah. You graduated 18, so you're like 23 years old now? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Young, so, young blood right So here. he would have put, yeah, he's what, in his 30s then? Yeah, he's like 33, but um, he was a great baseball player there. He went to uh, University of San Francisco cool. on scholarship. He was a catcher, and then he played some professional baseball, just independent leagues. And uh, then he came back to Torrance and started Wrecking Yard and has been yeah. coaching ever since. And Well, he's he was coaching for other organizations before he started Wrecking Yard. But, yeah. yeah, we're heavy in the Torrance area. We're in Torrance, and um, we got a lot of guys that went to West, went to Torrance. Shout uh, out to the South Bay. Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out South Bay. That's cool y'all are from Torrance. Uh, I'll throw out a couple names, see if you might know anybody, because we definitely got some younger cats in there. Um, Nate Torres, Angel Gonzalez, um, that sounds familiar. He went to Torrance. They're both like 19 and they're playing at El Camino right now. Those names sound familiar. Um, Taylor Prue, Taylor Felipe. I'm not sure which school. Actually, Taylor Felipe went to Redondo. Um, but yeah, there, there's a bunch of Torrance guys that, that are up in there and heavily involved. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So I moved every year of my life, but ended up the last two years of my high school career. I went from Texas playing ball out there and then okay. got dropped right in the sunshine area. And I, I was bet like, that oh. was nice. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm not going anywhere. So that's like, how are you in Long Beach? Why are you down here? Man, I freaking love Long Beach. Uh -huh. um, basically, I came out to California in 2015 to get into cannabis. Uh, my cousin was out here growing. Yeah. My twin brother was out here. Are you guys identical twins? No, we're fraternal. Hannah's an identical twin. Really? So that would have been a really funny coincidence. Oh, shit. Yeah. And yeah. she actually lives right down the road. No too, way. So. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to live with my twin up in, a, it's a small town about an hour north of Santa Barbara called Lompoc. Um, but that's where we were growing at and doing all that stuff. So I came out here for that. And basically around 2016, 17, 18, I can't remember exactly when it was, legalization went into effect. Yeah. And it really just fucked up the whole industry. Um, that's, you know, a whole other long story. But uh -huh. to, to give you a brief synopsis, basically, um, they just overtaxed, overregulated, made everything super hard, right? like in, insanely expensive. And they honestly did it on purpose because the same people who wanted to keep it illegal, now that it became legal, they want to be the ones to make all the money. So basically, the strategy was. If you're one of these companies that's got hundreds of millions of dollars behind you, you can afford to operate in loss for multiple years in order to bleed everyone else out yeah. and then gain massive market share. So all the small, medium-sized farmers were just absolutely decimated. I have tons of friends in cannabis that uh, almost none of them are still in cannabis. And the whole industry's changed. It's super corporate now. It's super whack. So anyway, <laughs> when, when legalization happened and all that shit happened... I was actually still going to school part-time while I was doing that. Mm -hmm. I got my associate's degree around the same time. And uh, my route to college was not traditional by any means. But at that point, I was like, you know what? 
let me just go full time in school right now. I want to graduate before I'm 30. Yeah. So let me take these next two years and just go full time in school. And I ended up transferring into uh, Long Beach State, and that's what brought me down here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm with that. That's nice. Yeah, Long Beach will get you. That's we're setting deep roots down right now because it's perfectly accessible to like downtown, the South Bay, all those areas, and then you can get down to Orange County too. I and love it's it. just like the perfect little hybrid that I hope it just stays this way. Absolutely. Yeah. Y'all don't move here though. The rent's the rent's good where it's yeah, at. Yeah. Well, you know, Long Beach just hit like a fun fact. Last week I saw the number two hardest city with the worst parking is Long Beach, California. Hardest city yeah, with hardest the... city to park in. Really? Is Long Beach. Yeah. That's and... crazy because I have zero problem. Where we're at, I think, is really yeah. dope. That's what I'm saying. Is it is hard. it's really easy where we have because we have the beach. But if yeah. you go right there closer to go, second, if you're in town and you don't have one of those things, but even if you go on the other side of like PCH I don't know if you've seen them, but like they have to park in the medians of the street. Like really? legit. Like if you're Holy like, oh, this crap. is my apartment, you park in the middle of the fucking road. No and then way. after just leave your car there, hope it doesn't get towed. And it's just like it, it's pretty whack in that some is, places. Yeah, no, that's wild. I had no idea because like I said, where we're at, you know, we're lucky to be right here by the beach and yeah. a super nice area. I, I absolutely love it. Um honestly, when I was when I was in that transfer mode, I was actually hoping I was going to get into Cal Poly mm. and I got waitlisted there. And, uh, I just thank God that he brought me here because dude, th he knew this was the spot for me and it's perfect, dude. We got the beach right there. I'm a huge beach person. I lived in Florida at the beach for three years before yeah. coming out here. What and, part of Florida were you in? Uh, Panama city beach, Florida. Okay, cool. Yeah. I've never, I've never been to Florida on vacation, but like no ties there. But, yeah. Yeah. Big beach guy. I can go anywhere on earth as long as I'm on the coast. That's it, dude. So I grew up landlocked in the South, like Tennessee uh -huh. and shit where there's, you know, we go to the beach once a year and it's the best time of your life. And I just always loved it so much. And after high school, I moved down to Florida, um, Panama city beach, which most people in California don't know. Cause there's so many beaches out here. Why would you go there? But if you're from the South or the Midwest, you a hundred percent know Panama city beach. It's yeah. the absolute spring break capital of the country. If not the world, just an insane place to live. That's what, um, it was crazy, but also the, the beaches are gorgeous. It's white sand beach, clear blue water. Like it looks like freaking Jamaica or yeah. something. So after living there, I just was like, I always have to be at or very, very close to a beach from here Dude, on Dude, the main thing is an environment too. Like you, people want to talk about, let's say the price of rent, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But your environment is so vital to everything you do. Definitely everything I do. Like I am such, I'm 10 times the young man that I am here mm -hmm. than if you put me in Las Vegas or if you bring me oh, back to Texas. For sure. Just going out and seeing there's something about, like I'm not a lake guy either. Like mm -hmm. unless it's Lake Powell, I don't know if you've been over there, but like in the Grand Canyon where it's powerful. Like you're oh. like, oh, Oh, yeah. there's a there's yeah. an energy here that's vibrating right. at a just a regular like texas lake or southern lake i'm kind of like that's eh, whatever i could swim across it yeah <laughs> but when you're looking out there and you look past catalina and you're like oh it's japan that's Dude. like the next go-to yeah you know? there's nothing out there it's just your environment i feel so tiny so then i feel like motivated and inspired to be like Hey, we need to work together. We got to get this thing taken care of, right? Absolutely, dude. Yeah, I mean, I I got a small apartment, but it's right like I look out my window and I see the beach and I see the water and that that shit makes me happy, dude. Like yeah. I absolutely love it and I I agree. I think your environment is so crucial. People don't realize how much your geographical landscape really makes a difference in your life. And I I have so it's crazy. I have so many friends from Nashville that have never even been to California and 
will talk shit about it like they know something just because of what they hear. Oh, California's so expensive. California's liberals. It's like, dude, why don't you fucking take a trip out there and go see it before you just decide that it sucks and you could never live there. And that's the one thing I always hear is like, oh, it's just too expensive. It's like there's 47 million people here making it work. So, I mean... That's what I look around, dude, and I get inspired by. If you just think about like Naples Island, right over yes, here. Yes, dude, that is the there. dream spot mm-hmm. right there, bro. And, Absolutely. And you look around and you go, oh, "There's a couple thousand houses out here. A couple thousand people did it. Uh, I think I can make it in here." Like yeah. that's just the way I kind of operate and the way I've always just kind of ran. And that's Same. how my motor is. So it's just so fun, dude. And like, it's kind of funny because I was looking at your tattoos, dude. You got a lot of ink on you. Got a, got a little bit. Last little bit. last week here, we had the owner of the second oldest tattoo shop in America is actually in Long Beach. Yeah, it's over by the Pike. It's uh, Ports. Is it Port City or yeah? Yeah, yeah it's called um. Fuck, it's uh, she was here for an hour. I forgot the name of it. It's like <laughs> Outer Link Tattoo. Or oh yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Outer, Outer Limits. Outer Limits I think. Tattoo, and it's yeah. a museum too, isn't That's it? That's what they're working on. So yeah. they're gonna bring that here. Uh, Two thousand twenty-four. They're talking about, but yeah, like a tattoo museum would be really dope. But Dude, so she cool. was an awesome lady because she forty-five years she's been tattooing as a woman back in the day where she saw everything shift and yeah. she's just out there getting after it. And yeah, like, it's so crazy. This little old lady came in and you were just like. You own a tattoo parlor? She's like, yeah, no, and I'm better than everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, if anyone who's been tattooing 40 years, there's nobody to mess with, man. And uh, yeah, uh, Long Beach has got a lot of, a couple famous tattoo shops and a lot of really good artists. I haven't made it over there yet, but I've heard about it and I definitely want to check it out. So far, I've only gotten tattooed by men, so maybe that's the next goal, get get a female piece somewhere. Yeah, no, I'm cool. I like collecting them everywhere, so I'm with that. Tell me about your family, though, man. Like, how many siblings you got? Yes. You your twin, just you and your twin, or what? No, man. I got, uh, so I have two biological brothers, and then I have two brothers that, they're really just were two of my best friends in high school that my family kind of ended up adopting, um... Their dad was is a Latin King gang member from Memphis who's basically in and out of prison their whole life, basically in prison almost all their life. Mm-hmm. He got out when we were sophomores and you know, we hung out with him for a bit and there was a whole bunch of crazy shit that happened. But um yes, and then their mom was sick and uh just really great, great kids, great dudes, and um they ended up moving into my house and all that kind of stuff. So I consider that I have four brothers, but I have two biological. I'm the youngest. So I have a twin brother who's fraternal and um it's crazy because he's actually like six foot three, six foot four, <laughs> like two hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, huge dude. Like I bet you guys have a similar athleticism and build, how you're kind of a big dude, but like can move. Mm-hmm. Like that's how he is. He's just country strong, dude. Yeah. Like just strong as shit, but like very athletic for how big he is. Um, it's kind of funny because I'm the runt of my family. Really? Yeah. So it, it, <laughs> it's where wild. it's where like my mom is six two, so we're about the same height. Holy and crap. her brothers are you know six five. Her cousins six seven. Her uncles are all. Wow. Everybody's about six four plus, and my dad is a like a former D tackle too, so he's about really? six two and some change, three hundred pounds. Where did he play guy. at? He played for Oregon State. No shit. And then in that old school like Fiesta Bowl late two thousands run that they had where they had like several guys go pro, he got stabbed. <laughs> so he almost died when I was pregnant or when my mom was pregnant. With yeah. Me. How is that? Is, am I? No, because I'm not pregnant. What do you call <laughs> that? Like, what is that term though? When you were. When you're in 
in pregnancy like <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird though yeah right? in the stomach in the i don't i want to say yeah. in the uterus but i don't know if that's even the right when i was thing. in my mom's belly yeah, yeah there he we go. like almost died but he was yeah he just he didn't well, get I'm glad his he did it man. yeah yeah well damn sounds like you come from some big uh yeah. big people big so, lineage so i was scrappy though that's, yeah that's where it came from yeah. and then i got around other people my age and i was like oh yeah no this is light work like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so uh kind of similar to, to my story, I guess, a little bit. So, yeah, my twin brother, we were always close in size until we were... He was always a little bigger than me ever since we were born. But we were very close in size until maybe 10. And then he just shot up like six to eight inches all of a sudden. And That's crazy. Ever since then, he was just way bigger than me. Everywhere I've gone my whole life, it's been, oh, what happened to you? Did he eat yeah. all the food? All this kind of shit. And then on top of that, so we have our our oldest brother is five years older than us. He's like six two, six three, And... He was just an absolute problem child from the time he was born. He was like literally went to a preschool for kids that had anger problems. And basically he just beat the shit out of me and my twin ever <laughs> since we were like babies. So once we were, you know, old enough to be running around the neighborhood and doing that kind of shit, it was just like no fear. And just, we were probably just more aggressive and just had dealt with more shit than most kids. So yeah. Uh, we really just didn't let anybody like punk us or bully us or when we went to play sports, we, we were always on the same team cause we were twins and we were pretty decent athletes. So like, you know, baseball or football, I'm sorry, basketball and soccer, like sports where there's only a few people on, like we would just dominate and it, yeah. was, it was a great time. But my oldest brother, he's come a long way now. He's uh he's a completely different person now than he was back then. I'm very grateful for that. And uh That's awesome. Yeah, we got a great relationship. He's uh both my twin and my oldest brother moved back to Nashville just within this last year. Okay. And then uh so my two adopted brothers that are my brothers uh they actually both live in Florida. Um they're only 11 months apart, so they're considered Irish twins and they look more oh, like yeah. twins than me and my actual twin. They yeah. look insane like just like each other. And anyway, the younger one who's my age, he's like a month older than me. He's a doctor. And then um John, the older one, he uh he works with uh basically like recovering addicts and that kind of stuff. He's mm -hmm. a, he's a recovering addict himself and um just great people, man. I'm really blessed to have all four of them and then you know, mom and dad, um, both, they met at Duke in graduate school. Okay. Um, Dang, they, so what, they got their doctorates or what? No, they no, masters? they got their masters. I think my dad was in like political science and my mom's was... That kind of counts. Yeah, it's, it, no, it's <laughs> literally nothing like that's that cool. I think my mom even had like a French lit major or minor or some bullshit, but basically they both ended up working in healthcare. Uh, healthcare. My dad ran retirement homes for a long time and my mom was kind of ended up being like strategic marketing kind of deal but I'm blessed man I got really great parents I just I got really lucky and you know I couldn't really ask for more so yeah so you made it out of high school how, how did how did that work yeah dude so um I was just kind of a dumbass when I was a kid unfortunately uh I'm not gonna say a dumbass I was just wild you know I was very rebellious and wild I started drinking and smoking at like 14 years old you're in the wrong structure yes huh? I was in the wrong structure hanging out with the wrong people doing the wrong shit and I started drinking and smoking at like 14 and I had just moved to Nashville in seventh grade and I was like peak awkward phase dude like short fat long hair glasses braces like just the worst possible time to move to a new school. 
And so I was very seventh grade was awful. I had no friend. I had a couple friends, but it, you know, it was bad. It was dude. That's hilarious. I'm the complete opposite. Really? I ran seventh grade. Yeah, like. no <laughs> seventh grade fucking sucked for me, dude. But by eighth grade, people realized like, Oh, this little short, fat, Harry Potter girl looking <laughs> dude is actually pretty cool. Like he's funny. He's athletic. And yeah. Um, you know, I had to beat a couple kids up behind the football field yeah. and earn my respect and shit. But, uh, yeah, so by eighth grade, I that's when I started getting accepted by all the popular kids and like became you know one of the cool kids and yeah. shit like that. And um, but that kind of led to you know I just really wanted to be cool. I wanted to have friends and be accepted and started drinking and smoking and stopped taking my athletics serious. So anyway, I just never took high school serious. I think I cheated my whole fucking way through. I graduated. Literally spent the last 10 days of high school in ISS because I had skipped so much school. Yeah. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't even graduate on time. I ended up graduating with like a 2728 GPA. Okay. And um, yeah, I went to college right out of high school just because where I lived at, that's what everybody really did. In Nashville? Uh, I went to college, I went to University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, UTC. I've heard of, yep. Yeah, so it's Division One. Terrell Owens actually played there. I think that's why I've heard yeah, of it. That's yeah, that's probably it. He's like our one claim to fame, really. <laughs> but uh, was not ready, was not ready at all. Um, got in trouble, got caught drinking, got caught smoking, literally got kicked out before the first semester was even over. Mm. And that was, came back home for a little bit and was going to community college, just fucking hating life and you know, selling weed and doing all this kind of shit. How's community college outside of California? Because my understanding is that it's kind of a joke, yeah. per se. Whereas, Academically or what, just, just in general? Here, if you're at Elko, if you're at Cerritos, if you're at, you know, LBCC, it's a real school. It's, yeah. Nobody's kind of looking down at you as like, it's kind of a smarter rap. It's like, oh yeah, you're hacking the system. You're saving money. You right. Know, you're going to go to Cal State, something like that. Where Absolutely. Yeah, I think out here the community colleges are insane. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Santa Barbara Community College is ridiculous. I mean, it's nicer than UTC and a yeah. lot, you know what I mean? So out here, I think it's a much more respectable route. Back there, it was like a tiny-ass community college in Franklin. It's called a... It was like a high school. Huh? Yeah, dude. Yeah. It was like a small high school with like three little build. It was awful. It mm. was terrible. I hated it. I went down to spring break on Florida... Uh, I went down to Florida on spring break and my buddy was from Panama city beach. He had moved back there, stayed with him and he was working on the beach and had this cool ass job and mm. basically said he could get, give me a job. I came home from spring break and I was like, Hey mom and dad, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you that I'm dropping out and I'm moving to Florida to go work on the beach. Yeah. And, uh, luckily they were very supportive and we're just like, go for it. You dude. got a job. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that was a big moment for me because I just, that was when I learned how to kind of become more of an adult and a man. I was still wiling out, partying and all that shit, but I was on my own. I was paying all my stuff. I was working full time. And, uh, you know, I grew a lot. I grew a lot during that time. I'm with that. So you're at Florida. And then when do things kind of take a turn? Um, turn which way? So you have your job on the beach in Florida. Yeah. You dropped out of college. What kind of leads you to the cannabis stuff? Okay, so... I live in Florida for two years in Panama City Beach, Florida, spring break capital, just absolutely insane. If you want to go see what it's like, just go on YouTube and type in spring break Panama City Beach, Florida, Club La Vila, Did shit they do like that. that documentary there? Um, Is that probably? Yeah. yeah, there's, I'm sure there's document. I mean, dude, I'm talking about 
100, 200, 300,000 people on the beach yeah, from all over the country. Everybody's partying in their bikinis and board shorts. There's, I mean, there's fights breaking out. There's people having sex on the beach. Like everything you could imagine is going down and people ghost riding their whips on the strip. <laughs> like, and then on top of that, you have all these thugs from all over the South that come down to sell drugs to college kids and try to fuck college chicks. Yeah. And, uh, so then there gets a crazy element of like, you know, fucking gangland down there too. Cause you got a click from Mississippi over here and a click from Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee. And, and they're all trying to stun on each other. That's and, wild. you know, so it's crazy, dude. Uh, the last year I was there actually was, uh, the last year they really allowed spring break so to say, but Un unwired. Yeah. Unwired basically because, uh, a bunch of people got shot that year. Like some, you know, a girl got like gang raped on the beach. Oh, people were getting stabbed. Like it was just fucking out of control. And, um, so basically, and that's how Panama city beach survives. Like that spring break is our economy. Like mm -hmm. we depend on tourists, but it just got to the point where they had to do something. So basically the next year they made, uh, they banned drinking on the beach. They made that illegal. So they were trying to get people to not come and it kind of, it definitely slowed it down and people just went to Daytona or wherever else. But, uh, apparently now it's back live rolling and just as crazy as it ever has been. So anyway, I was there for two years working on the beach. Good times. At that point I was like, all right, you know, this isn't something I want to do forever. I want to go back to school. I want to have redemption. So I actually went back to Chattanooga, um, lived with some of my buddies from high school there who, okay. and, uh, started going to the local community college there. And I was just on a mission to prove to myself and to everyone else that I could do college. And, uh, I did, man, I went back, I got a 3.5 GPA for that first semester or that year. And, um, but after being there for a year, I was like, fuck dude, I missed the beach. Yeah. <laughs> I miss Florida. So then my plan was, uh, all right, now I'm going to go back to Florida, but this time instead of being working on the beach, because this beach job, you're literally a hundred percent commission and you work from six, seven AM till about 6 PM every single day. It's, it's, there's a lot of perks, but it's also fucking brutal mm -hmm. and the pay is not great. So I was like, let me go back to Florida and just be a student. So I did that, uh, for the spring and absolutely just failed that semester. <laughs> like being back in that spring break, environment i just it just was weren't showing up bro it was not the right decision and uh so th after that was basically when i was like all right my my twins in cali my cousins in cali and i knew that in the fall there was a huge harvest season in california and back then you could come out and trim pounds and you could basically make 150 200 bucks per pound mm. and in a day you can easily trim one pound if you're a really good trimmer you could trim two i've heard of people who could potentially even do three okay i sucked ass at trimming personally like it's it's honestly pretty brutal uh, it's fun at first, but anybody who really knows what's up in cannabis knows trimming fucking sucks. It's okay. super meticulous. You're just all day trimming these nugs, staring super hard. There's no end. Like mm -hmm. when you're trying to harvest acres or a ton of pounds of weed, like yeah. there's just no end and it's super meticulous and it just sucks. So uh, anyway, but I wanted to come out there to do that, make a couple grand because I was tired of being a broke ass college kid. But once I came out and did it, I was just like, you know what? I'm not going back to Florida. Like, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to do this. And um, 
you know, that's when I, what I was telling you about off camera, that's kind of when the whole mental health crisis happened and, uh, trimming definitely played a good part of that. Yeah. Just being in the country, being isolated. And I just, you know, I had a lot of friends that died when I was young and just a lot of trauma and shit that I never dealt with. And it all just kind of smacked me in the face. Once I, once I got out there, I'd, I'd always had California in the back of my mind, like, that's where I'm going to go. And when I get there, it's going to be so amazing. And I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And then you get there and you realize it's, you know, what you got going on inside, you can't uh, run away from the, the location ain't going to change. And so, yeah, that's basically how I ended up in Cali and, and started getting into cannabis shit like that. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I was like, you took that for a ride. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good rant you went on yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's a long story, but I figured, fuck it, might as well tell it. Probably on too much caffeine, talking yeah. too much, but uh, yeah, no, that's the story right there, man. That's what's up, dude. Hey, let's take a break for a second. Let's just talk <laughs> about, like, you just went into it like that, right? Yeah. Um, what you been watching lately? Anything on TV, Shit. sports? What have I been watching? Uh, I definitely watch MLB Network a good bit uh-huh. um, just to uh, kind of stay. I mean, I just love baseball. I love yeah. seeing what's going on, but also doing the radio show podcast, trying to stay up to date on that. Um, There's a dope documentary that just dropped last night on George Brett, who was a really great player back in like the 70s or 80s, and he was just a wild man. Oh, okay. Watching that. Um yeah, what else? Just some how'd Christmas you, movies, shit like you, that. How'd you get to the Wrecking Yard? So after I graduated from Long Beach State in the mm-hmm. business school, I always really wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I had some money saved and shit, so I was like, all right. I started selling on Amazon. While I was doing that, I was like, I don't want to burn through all the money I saved, so let me find a part-time job to uh, just cover my rent and car note. And I just got on Indeed, and saw a um, part-time job for like a baseball coach that was paying pretty decent. It was like 25 bucks an hour. I was like, all right, shit, you know, went and uh, so I went and applied for that. Okay. Yeah. You've been rocking ever since. How long have you worked over there? Um, it's so this past September was one year. It was one year. Okay. But, but basically, um, I'm not a baseball coach there. That's not my role there at all. Yeah. I kind of ended up just kind of talking myself into the position I got now where, you know, I went and interviewed for the coaching position and he was going to offer me the job, but just the hours he had and what he was paying was just not going to be enough. And during the interview, we had kind of talked about, um, you know, I was telling him I just got my business degree and I have some background in small business and stuff like that. And he was like, well, you know, look, I'm a baseball guy. I'm not a, not a business guy. And I was like, all right, well, maybe I can help you on that. And, uh, when I came back to kind of the second day to sign papers or whatever, I was just like, look, dude, you know, I'd love to be a part of what you're doing here. I think it's awesome. But unfortunately, like this pay isn't going to be enough. And I think I could help you more on the business side. And I just handed him this paper that kind of had all, all these things I could help him with business wise outside of baseball. And he was like, shit, yeah, let's do it. So that's awesome. Yeah. I was there part time for a while. And then I'd stopped selling on Amazon because it just, the margins weren't good. And and I just realized it was just something I didn't, I didn't want that to be my lifestyle. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And basically came to him was like, Hey, you know, I either got to go full time or I got to find something else. And, uh, he was like, shit, you got it. So I've been full time there for, I don't know, probably six, six months, six, seven, eight okay. months now, something like that. Just really, um, kind of running the business operations and just in a small business like that, 
I, it's cool. I get to wear a lot of different hats, um, all different stuff from marketing, branding, compliance, sales, price structuring, employee management. Yeah, and you got the show and all that, and it's just all kind of related. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's really cool. It's dope, man. I like it. It seems like you really like what you're doing. Yeah, no, it is, man. I I feel really blessed to have this job, like to be able to work in baseball, um, be around kids, help with kids and youth sports, like we were talking about. It's it's awesome, dude. I really love it. Couldn't really ask for anything more. So yeah, definitely. Still, how's that commute though? Because are you moving at odd times, or are you in the thick of it? Um, you sit in traffic. No, not really. Okay. Honestly, the commute's really not bad. Um, I'm probably I'm I'm pretty lucky because with it being a baseball facility, we don't even open till noon. Gotcha. And um, you really don't even get kids in there till three, four o'clock. And um, and you're not out of there until dinner time, pretty much, right? Yeah. So normally, I go to work any anywhere between like one and three o'clock, and then I'll finish anywhere between seven and nine. We close at nine, okay. so. Um, usually it's pretty much always about 30 minutes at at worst. It's like 35 at best. It's 25. So you listen to music, you big music guy or like a podcast or what do you usually go on? Big, big music guy. Um, absolutely love rap music. Yeah. Basically been obsessed with rap music since I heard Marshall Mathers LP when I was like seven or eight years old. Yeah. Um, if you had to name like a daily top five, who would you kind of put in your top five? Just today, my list changes. Rappers or just yeah. art, rappers? Hip hop. You can just put artists. Whoever. Mine are rappers. Bro. I'll give you. I'll give you rap. Um, so, to me, Eminem's always going to be the goat. I'm with that. I just love Eminem. I think he's super dope. It's new shit, old shit doesn't really matter. Um, I'll give you one that's a. He's a Nashville legend, um, but is very underground, kind of un, unknown out here. But uh, back in the South, he's super, super popular and just, he's kind of like, just an underground legend. His name's Starlito. Okay, Starlito. Starlito. Definitely check him out if you haven't heard any of his stuff. He's he's really dope. Um, very realistic kind of rapper. Um, who else am I listening to a lot right now? I mean, just growing up in the South, dude, it was it was 3-6 Mafia, Lil Boosie, T.I. Yeah. Um, I love 50 Cent, Jay-Z. Um, Let's Bunch talk about guys. that regional growing up in the South, things yeah. like that. I really love what's happened over the past five years because I'm in the thick of it and just watching. I'm obsessed with human culture. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. You talk about like a Tennessee guy. Oh, looking at California people. I dude, like one of my biggest goals is to figure out how the fuck do I create something or it doesn't have to be me, but the idea of like understanding that we have more in common than we do in different. Mm. We're Americans. I don't care what who you voted for. I don't care what your background is, what your job is, what you like to do, fat, old, ugly, poor, yeah. rich. If you love this country, that's enough. You know I what I mean? That. Just Absolutely, like, dude. You, you don't understand. I don't care. Oh, okay. Oh, I hate the beach. I love this. I love that. I love this weather. I don't like the people over there. No, we are very, very similar. Absolutely. Because here's the thing is as we start traveling, Hannah's from Sweden. So she's from Europe. Okay. Or that's why we're going to Sweden here in a couple of weeks. Nice. That's opened up my entire world as far as traveling, the globe, things like that. Yeah. And what I'm seeing is as we start to hit more pockets outside of the United States is the pull. It's not just the kid from Tennessee coming to California. The power that we have here in L.A. has little girls way in Sweden going like, I need to get to the Hollywood sign or I need to get <laughs> to the California beaches yeah, man. just due to media, the lifestyle, things like that. Right. I totally get it. But music, it's so awkward seeing 
an actual shift when you go somewhere like London or Sweden or wherever you're going and you see like people wearing Jordans. Yeah. People doing this because it's brand new. It's less than five years old. Right. And them getting access to the type of music, the type of pop culture, the type of shit that we've been doing forever, my entire life basically. My, you know, that's my dad's generation right there of like the real OGs who came up with it and created that stuff. But yeah. it's powerful. It really is getting globalized to a level of like the stuff in sports, the stuff in music, all that is getting pushed out. And it's just kind of interesting. I don't know how people aren't recognizing it because we're spending so much time kind of arguing with one another, kind of like, oh no, that guy, what color is your car that you drive? Yeah. What like, is it? You driving? Oh, he's driving a black car. I'm driving <laughs> a blue car. Oh, no, can't work. Yeah. Fuck it. It's just kind of weird. No, right? dude, I love what you just said right there. Like we need to find the things we have in common, not the, not our differences, because at the end of the day, we all have things in common. You know, I'm a big believer that like, obviously my life's different than your life, but at the same time, like we all experience the same emotions. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like we all experience, um, love, joy, sorrow, guilt, shame. Like we all experience the same things. I believe we're all connected. Um, and the experiences, like what I'm talking about. And like, I'll ask you, I think I want to take this a certain way here in a second, but mm-hmm. cause I, the, the info and the experience that can get extracted to make people feel like they're not alone. That's mm. what it is. So let's take, for example, I work in the finance district over in Irvine, right? Okay. Not a lot of guys look like me, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's you, whatever you're thinking, the typical bro is who is yeah, working yeah. over there, right? <laughs> and I'll sit here and watch sort of how the office is flowing. Who's really doing good things? Who's really actually providing value and helping with people? And who's trying to fuck over the old lady, right? Yeah. Who's trying to get this fucking commission? Yeah. Oh, yeah, money. I need that Benz, you know? I need this <laughs> and that. And I'll watch, The right? Wolf of Wall Street. It, yeah, exactly <laughs> like that. Well, luckily, I work for a mutual company, not like a private company. Okay, so it's man. not, yeah, we're yeah, not like not trying to bad. do It's not that bad. But yeah, this what you're thinking. Right. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, no, if you really, the barrier is you got to not be the guy in the suit. Like, I get so much shit for not being the guy in a suit, this and that. And I go, well, no, I'm fucking handsome. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. Like, Sorry I don't, about it. We're, I'm a SoCal guy. If you, if we're in New York and you want to put me on Wall Street, sure, I'll play by those rules. Yeah. But I'm a California guy. This is how we do it. I'm here to break barriers. Right. I'm here to actually do my job and connect. Love that. And these, like, quote unquote, the way that the society's kind of changing is like, no, we're not credential heavy. Like, yes, I have the credentials. I have the education. I have the, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Right. For example, but I don't need to sit here and vomit all that on you and throw all these certificates and all this six blah 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. These people, I flat out just want to know who you are, right? right? And that's that's kind of how this podcast works. That's how yeah. everything I do is is like, how are we together? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of the cool thing, dude. I wanted to hear about sort of like rock bottom, sort of. You kind of off camera were kind of saying, hey, yeah, I was going through some things and like. Working out and fitness is one of the pillars to what I do. What do you think kind of your rock bottom moment was? Man, it was, uh, I'd have to say it was probably 2015. Shortly after I came out to California, I started trimming, doing all that. And uh, probably three to four months after being here, um, I was the last one left trimming. I was in the country. I'd never really been that isolated before. Like I kind of said, I I had a lot of friends die when I was young, all different ways. And um, I never really dealt with that. And like I told you about my brother beating the shit out of, you know, just a lot of things that I'd never really dealt with along with the, you know, heavy weed smoking and 
uh, basically just had no coping skills. I wasn't sleeping enough. I was drinking a shit ton of energy drinks, not eating. And basically I had a full on psychotic break out Mm. here in California. Um, what's that like? So dude, I mean, it's crazy. I never thought this could happen to me. And how is it like a physical reaction that you're having? That's just out of your control. Uh, yeah, dude. So, Hmm. So what's crazy is I, like I said, I never thought it could happen to me. Like you see the, like we were talking a little off camera about some of the like crackheads around here and how crazy they are and how they're like having imaginary conversations and shit. Like I thought that could only happen to people who do meth and you know what I mean? And that's Mm -hmm. what happened to me, bro. Like I was straight up, um, at this point I was hanging around a bunch of growers. So I had this giant ass beard that was all (laughs) fucking ugly as shit. Nice beard though. Thank you. It's a lot better now. Yeah. But, uh, back then dude, it was ugly as hell and I hadn't had a haircut and I looked like a homeless meth addict probably. (laughs) Um, but yeah, dude, physically, like I was hearing voices, I was uh, completely fucking delusional. Like I called my parents and told them that like Barack Obama was going to come pick me up in a <laughs> helicopter and uh, a helicopter. It's but to but the thing is, when you're going through it, it seems so fucking real, dude. Like mm-hmm. everything you're experiencing seems real and you just feel like and people, my dude, my brothers, my cousins, everybody pleaded with me and begged with me and no, Will, that's not real, and this isn't going on. And, like, I at that point, I just couldn't listen to anybody. I couldn't hear them. Um, I also didn't really want to be like them at that point. So yeah. I was like, no, fuck you guys. You know what I mean? And and then uh, it just spiraled out of control and got worse and worse. And also my anger, my rage, like, I basically got into a psychotic rage where I was just so angry, mm. like, looking back on it. And, but yeah, dude, the physical, it's very physical. Like you, you straight up, you just think thoughts that are completely erratic, but to you, it's true. You might even see shit that you, that's not there. Um, it was real, man. So I ended up, um, basically I ended up going to jail three times in one week. While I was on that psychotic break. So you got in, you got let out. Was it like for a day, two days or like, so you spent the whole week in jail, but you got arrested three times? So no, what happened was, um, the first time I got arrested, I, I skateboarded down to the model home in this neighborhood that I was living in. And And for people that live in California, a model home is where basically they show you this house and in places where they have land that they're growing, hey, this is what this kit home is going to look like. All the other homes on this block are going to look like this. And then we're going to sell this home when all the other ones are sold. Exactly. So, and in my mind at this point, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get into real estate, even though I'm like completely fucking delusional at this point. So anyway, I skateboard down to the model home and I go like knock on the door and no one answers and I just kind of twist the handle and open it and it's open and I walk in and turns out it's not the model home anymore somebody's living there oh no and uh so you could have got shot dude I straight up could have got I'm blessed to be alive I would have shot you bro I wouldn't (laughs) have blamed you by any my cousins and my twin were worried as shit I was gonna get shot yeah uh, because I was going onto other people's properties and doing shit like that so anyway I walk into the house and um there's a lady there and she's like hey can I help you like just definitely kind of alarmed like I said I'm looking not good I'm not looking like I'm looking now you know what I mean and um I was just like, yeah, I was just wanting to get some real uh, information on the real estate in this, you know, community. And she was like, oh, well, you know, I don't have that. Like, this isn't the model home anymore. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. And I just walked out. So I didn't like, 
do mm-hmm. anything really that crazy besides just walk right into their fucking house. Yeah. But honestly, lock your freaking doors, people, because there's are crazy people like me out there. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, actually, before that, I was so angry for some reason when I got there, I took my skateboard and fucking hit her mailbox. What? Literally have no idea why I really did that. That tended to be a common theme in the next couple jail visits but uh one of those brick mailboxes or like no uh, it was uh no it was one oh, of those okay. metal so just broke her mailbox yeah I, I put a nice dent in it and i knew it was wrong so after that happened when i came back out of the house i was like you know what i'm not gonna run away like i'm just gonna i'm gonna wait you know what i mean and sure enough the fucking cops show up and i'm like look i'm really sorry i did hit this mailbox like i'll totally pay to fix it or um have it replaced and you know, they're looking at me like, who is this homeless meth addict fucking in this nice neighborhood? And, um, they took me to jail. They they straight up took me to jail. Um, and I was living in Lompoc, which is like an hour North of Santa Barbara and the the county jails in Santa Barbara. So they had to drive me an hour to the county jail in Santa Barbara in the cop car in the cop car and that whole time I'm completely fucking delusional like I remember being in the cop car and literally thinking that he's like about to drive me to the airport to like get on a plane to go talk to like coach K or Obama or some just ridiculous shit like that and uh, so this kind of like mental state you were in lasted a few days dude it it lasted way longer than a few days oh man yeah so Go to jail that first time, and, you know, I don't really remember exactly how long I was in there. You know, when you're in that kind of state, like, there's some things I I remember very well, and there's some things I that probably happened that I don't remember at all. Mm-hmm. But, so I don't remember exactly how long I was in there. I don't know if it was one day, two days, three days, overnight. Yeah. Um, but basically, they um, put me... They at first kind of had me in the like detox cell. So I was in there with a bunch of other people who were like coming off dope and shit. And eventually I think they realized that I was a little bit fucking wacky. And uh, they they put me in isolation, which just made everything fucking worse. Yeah. If, if you've ever been in isolation, and that wasn't even my first time going to jail, but just in that state I was already in and in that much rage and that much delusion putting somebody alone in a room by themselves with no windows and no human connection. Like it just skyrocketed everything I was going through. Mm -hmm. Eventually they let me out of jail. Um, they never gave me a phone call, even though I asked multiple fucking times. That's crazy. Yeah. Never gave me a phone call. Basically they let me out of jail with my skateboard. I'm an hour away from where I live. I'm completely fucking delusional. I, I'm thinking I'm in Lompoc. I honestly mm-hmm. thought I was in Lompoc because I was, like I said, I'm just completely out of my mind. And um, I, I don't think I even had a cell phone. I just had my uh, skateboard. So I'm just skating around Santa Barbara. And I'm literally just so delusional at this point. I'm like thinking that stoplights are telling me where to go and all this kind of shit. And basically, I don't even remember how long I was out of jail for before I basically did a similar type thing where I felt like I was being led to this house. And this time I go to this house that I feel like I'm being led to. Mm. And I actually put my I just put my skateboard in the mailbox. (laughs) You and mailbox. Bro, I don't know what it was about the skateboard in the mailbox. Like, I think maybe at that time I wanted to ship skate. I fucking like, dude, doesn't make sense. When you're going through this kind of shit, nothing you do necessarily makes sense. So I didn't hit the mailbox this time. I yeah. was I was very gentlemanly and just, you know, you just put, placed I just it placed there. it in there and I just sat down and fucking sure enough, cops show up. 
take me back to jail. Jeez. Um, at this time, you know, like I said, it's been two or three days. I've, I, my family, I don't, I don't even know what the fuck was going on, but I've always not liked cops. Um, <laughs> I get it. I yeah. started drinking and smoking and selling weed at 14, 15 and just had some bad experiences. And if you sell weed, you're not going to like cops. So, um, at this point I'm just completely raged out, like just fucking pissed. And I'm like, cops are taking me to jail and I'm like talking shit to them, like telling them to fuck themselves and all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they take me back to jail. Um, same kind of thing. I don't, like I said, a lot of it's kind of a blur. I don't remember exactly which cell I was in, but they put me in isolation and you know, it just made everything worse at one point. So I don't remember how long I was in that time, but I was in isolation definitely for a couple of days and I'm tripping the fuck out at this yeah. point, dude. Like I literally think the government's trying to kill me. I'm like in my cell, like thinking there's like a fucking heat radar flying over me. That's okay. gonna, like, dude, just the craziest shit you could ever imagine. And, um, end up letting me out of jail again. Exact same story. Never gave me a phone call. Never gave me, I didn't have my phone. I'm just fucking got my skateboard completely tripped out and uh do the same fucking thing again bro why, why they let you out like what like if they're gonna put you in there what is the reasoning for letting you out too i have no idea just like dude. a holding period yeah just, just like... a holding period well none of my charges were serious like oh, it was okay. they were called prowling which is basically like trespassing <laughs> sounds like a creep right yeah there. i know <laughs> i was so scared when i saw that charge when i sobered up because i was like god damn this sounds like a sex like a crime sex like yeah. it it was nothing of that nature. Let me just state that for everyone. Uh, it's really trespassing. Like, yeah. it's not burglary. I never stole anything. I didn't rob anybody. It's just going on people's property unwanted. Mm. So it wasn't a very serious crime. And, you know, California's fucking weird and whatever. So I don't know exactly why they let me out or they never gave me a phone call or tried to. I think they honestly just thought I was like a homeless drug addict yeah. and they're just like whatever just just get, let him go get yeah. this dude out of here and um so they let me out of jail again and this time it's even worse than the other two times which weren't good and i you know i don't even remember the third time but it's basically the same fucking story i'm completely delusional feeling like i'm being led certain places and I think at this point i actually ended up jumping over somebody's fence in their backyard mm -hmm. and and I jumped back over into the front yard and then was just sitting on their curb and the cops came and picked me up and they recognized me and they were like, Oh shit, it's this dude again. Like what the fuck is going on? And they, then they took me to, they took me back to jail. And at this point I like knew the whole booking process. Like they were telling me what to do and I was like doing it before they even told me what to do. And they were like, this is fucking weird. You know what I mean? And, uh, mm -hmm. eventually put me in isolation again. Um, you know, I think at one point, I don't remember how long I was in there, but I'm just completely, I'm pissed at this point. I'm in a psychotic rage, grandiose delusions, hearing voices, hallucinating the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they, at one point they were booking me. I don't know if they were going to let me out or what, but basically I, I'm in the, so in the Santa Barbara County jail where I was at, there's like a, there's a little booking area where they take your paperwork and your fingerprint and all yeah. that shit. And it's, it's like a circle. And on that, 
outside of the circle, there's like a general pop cell over here, one over here, and then a couple other cells. And I hear just in my crazy ass mind, somebody telling me, um, to run (laughs) brilliant fucking, uh, idea. So dude, I start running around this, the circle inside the fucking jail. Yeah. And the cops are chasing me. And I remember I came around this circle and there was a cop like 10 feet in front of me, like broken down like a linebacker. And this is no bullshit, but I find this hilarious. I put the nastiest spin move on this dude (laughs) of my life. I come up, boom, spin move, get by him. I'm like four feet past him and just fucking tasered, bro. Yeah, they tased me. I think they had to tase me twice, honestly. I don't know if the first one didn't stick or it just wouldn't bring my crazy ass down. But, bro, they tased the shit out of me. Like, eight cops jumped on me, like, fucking wrenched my shit all up. Oh, I would love to see that video. Bro, I wish I had it. It was it was amazing. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, they went and threw me. Here's the thing, too, is the only uncredible part of that story is I don't know how nasty that spin was. <laughs> Dude, I, <laughs> you I say know. it was nasty. What if you just... It was you're, nasty you're enough st- to get by him. I don't, it, I don't know... Maybe it wasn't as cool as I thought, but it was effective. Here's bro. the thing, too, is you said you created separation after that. Oh, yeah. Too, he so. didn't touch me, dog. Okay. Like, okay. it was legit. It was legit. <laughs> I vividly remember that. That is okay. 100% a fact. Um, <laughs> it might have looked uglier, but it was effective. And this is like a fat ass cop. Like, yeah. he, he wasn't ready for it. And Oh, no. He was ready to pop that cap. Yeah. He wasn't even going to tackle you. He was like, oh, I got his yeah, ass. Yeah. He's like, oh, I've been waiting to use this taser. <laughs> yep. And this ain't the fucking one they like stick in you. They shoot. Yeah. It and it's got prongs that stick in uh-huh. you and they just oh geez anyway so they like six cops grab me and the this part is hilarious too they they all go to throw me into this cell and uh they throw me in the cell and they're like when i let you go you do not move and i'm like in my mind i'm like fuck these motherfuckers you know like i'm taking that as a challenge or something okay and so they get up and try to get out the cell and i start running out that try to run out the cell door they fucking tackle me again, like wrench me, wrench my arms all way above my head. I'm like, oh, fuck. And, you know, they're yeah. all sitting on me. And I'm like, and they say, they're like, do you understand? Like, do not fucking <laughs> get up. You stay here. I try to run out again. I'm pretty sure they like probably beat my ass and did all of that shit. And yeah. uh, eventually they got out of the cell. But at this point, I'm just like, compl- like the just pure rage, just fuck the cops, fuck everybody. I'm completely hallucinating, delusional. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, eventually they they sent a mental health professional to come see what the fuck is going on with this guy. Finally, after three different trips to jail yeah. and obviously tripping out of my the fucking The guy was mind. on vacation, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... They finally send a mental health professional. And at this point, dude, I'm like, I'm standing at my cell and they, I remember before that they sent this really jacked, like just badass looking cop to like, cause I was going like this on the bars, like just making it loud as fuck, just being a dickhead. And, um, so they sent this really jacked cop that like anybody would be scared of. And I'm standing there at right at the gate of my cell Cause like I told you, my brother beat my ass since I was a baby. Like I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? And I'm just sitting there like, like just staring at him, pacing back and forth. Like what motherfucker? Like come in the cell, like type shit. And I think at that point they're like, okay, this dude's legitimately fucking crazy. Mm. And, uh, so they sent the mental health professional and somehow he was able to get through to me because I was, uh, like I said, I was just extremely combative and angry and just delusional. But I remember the guy being like, my name is Josh. Like I'm a mental health 
counselor. I'm here to help you. Like, mm-hmm. and he was able to get through to me somewhat. And, um, but basically from there, they just, that guy assessed me and was like, yeah, this dude's fucking nuts. So they transferred me to the psych ward. Okay. So I, they put me in a bus, took me over to the psych ward and, uh, put me on a shit ton of medicine, lithium and just all kinds of shit to just like basically knock my ass out. Okay. And, uh, so I was in the psych ward on a 5150 hold. So for anyone who doesn't know what a 5150 hold, it's a 72 hour temporary hold. Like if you threaten to kill yourself or if you get committed to the psych ward, that's what everybody comes in on. Gotcha. And after that 72 hours, most people get out. Most people get out after the 5150 hold. Cause most people aren't as fucking crazy as I was okay. <laughs> at that point. And what happened to you? So, you know, I remember a lot from the psych ward. I'm sure there's a lot I don't remember. Um, but basically, I go in on a 50, 5150 hold, and I end up spending like two and a half, almost three weeks in the psych ward. So like Jeez. that tells you how fucking crazy I was. And honestly, the only reason I got out at that point was because it was two days before Christmas. And around the holidays, people lose their shit, and they wanted to open up beds for other people. And there's this is a... Um, it's called the Puff Unit in in Santa Barbara County. It's called like you know psychiatric health facility, and there's only eight eight or twelve beds in the whole psych ward, so mm. it's not a big thing. But but yeah, dude. While I was in there, they put me on a ton of medicine. I was doing this like all these you know they have this like mandated like therapy. You're doing like art classes and. You know, they're How just, were those art classes? Oh, no, dude, they were lit, bro. I was you're <laughs> staying in the lines I was, and everything. I was or what? probably not at all, dude. I was <laughs> I was still crazy as fuck, yeah. honestly. And uh, you know, luckily I had a cool ass bunkie at first who uh he was in the army and this dude was just like a really bad alcoholic, but he was a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. And he so we started working out. He taught me how to like do jail workouts and work out on like the eight count and do all these like burpees and oh, shit bet. like that. So we were working out and you know, it was cool. I felt like I had a homie in there and uh but dude, I mean, it was a long time in the psych ward and I was still completely delusional most of the parts of it. There was actually a time where I you know, like I said, I'm kind of an open book at this point and um I'm always been open book, but slightly embarrassing. But uh I literally ran butt ass naked around the fucking psych ward, bro. <laughs> like I don't know, dude. I don't fucking know. But so <laughs> But you didn't get tased that time. Didn't no, the psych ward is so jail, they're all like it's all about punishment and you know, fuck you type yeah. thing. And in the psych ward, they're very it's very caring. You know, hmm. they're they're there to try to help and they're very nice you have a bunch of nurses that are there like so i and i stopped being combative because people were being nice to me yeah you know they weren't i was still crazy but i wasn't being rude or disrespectful that i remember at all and Mm -hmm. because they were sweet people they were very nice they were there to help me but you had common sense yeah yeah, i was still just nuts dude so yeah at one point i literally ran around the whole fucking psych ward naked and they just kind of like push me back into my room type shit and uh so yeah dude um my mom ended up coming out to california you know as soon as she realized i was in jail and all that and she was amazing she fought for me in the courts and Mm -hmm. had to hire a lawyer and you know the truth is man like like you said i could have been shot oh also because i resisted all the cops and ran away and all that shit they tried to charge me with uh executive assault on an officer oh, geez. which is like a fucking felony yeah 
And I never swung on a cop. Bro. It is crazy too, because like some of my homeboys will, you know, they've been in not similar situations that bad, but yeah. like where you see the first list of the shit that you're with, like you just went out and it's like thirteen yeah. hard, like yeah. this, this, this murder, blah blah blah, yeah. and you start looking up like what, and you're like, oh my god, you're doing twenty years, bro. and then he gets let out, like you know, yeah. a little while, yeah, dude. So, so yeah, man, they they were trying to charge me with that, and basically what I'm getting at is like. If I wasn't blessed to have a mom and dad who came out, my mom came out and fought for me and had the money for a good lawyer. Also, I'm sure being white didn't fucking hurt. Like if you ever, there's a really great documentary. I forgot what platform it's on, but it's called the Khalif Browder story. Have you ever heard it? No. So basically long story short, Khalif Browder was in New York. He was walking home from a house party. He got falsely accused for stealing a backpack and they held him in Rikers Island for two fucking years and, um, completely abused him took advantage of him, didn't give him his rights. And um, it's a really, really sad story. And the truth is there's a thousands of those stories across the country and I could have easily been one of them. Mm-hmm. And so I feel very blessed and fortunate. And this is why I'm open about this stuff because I want people to know that like, for one, you can go through some crazy shit and turn your life around and still like, dude, I had doctors tell me I had to be on medication for life. Like I would never, I would be uh, schizophrenic. Like I was never going to be able to drink alcohol or smoke weed mm-hmm. or do anything. And, um, yeah, dude, like they, they told my parents all that kind of shit. And, you know, now I went back to college. I graduated. I'm in some of the best shape I've ever been in. Yeah. I'm, I'm basically completely sober. I occasionally drink, but I have had zero mental health issues since then. I have a great job, girlfriend, my own apartment. And, uh, but yeah, dude, just to spread awareness about mental health, especially amongst men, because we don't talk about this kind of shit as much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's really sad because there's a lot of people falsely in prison and people in prison that are struggling with mental health that are getting no hope. And dude, I could be in prison right now. This was 2015. I could still be in prison for yeah. that shit that happened. And um, so it's crazy, man, but yeah. I'm blessed. That's, that's my rock bottom. <laughs> I like that. And hey, we're going to have to end on something like that. It's yeah, pretty, dude, pretty that, soon. Was, that was heavy. I'll close it out. That was really good, dude, but we barely scratched the surface. Yeah, today, I'll, I'll be happy to come back anytime. We can get more into shit. And yeah. I want to have you on my show. Definitely. For sure. And, you anytime. know, I don't want to hog the mic, but uh, yeah, I was the guest today, so I was, I was talking my shit a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> you got it, man. I would say we usually like to close out on pretty much two questions. Okay. And the first one is like, hey, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to talk to so far? I think you pretty much hit on everything yeah, yeah, coming in. That's usually for people that aren't super experienced on the mic like you are. You're totally yeah. good. But like, Appreciate I love that. that one. And then the one I like to close on is who are maybe like two to three people in the Southern California area that you know and you respect that you'd like to see probably sit in the same chair as you. That really helps us get like name flow for the show and really helps us share more stories and just kind of like, it could be somebody like yourself. It could be, you know, a fellow entrepreneur or a small business owner, somebody with a really cool story, cool job. Like it doesn't really matter. Just like two to three people that you rock with. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. I would a couple people come to mind. Yeah. Um, 
I have a buddy named Dylan Keen who is a really dope artist. Oh, I would love to have more Bro, artists like, on the show. I actually have a really sick mural in my apartment that I use for my like YouTube background, which I'm like just now starting to actually do. Yeah. Um, but he's a really dope artist, mural artist, but he's also a music producer. He cool. raps, he can sing, and he holds he hosts these um artist showcases in LA that are really cool where a bunch of people who just kind of trying to sh come out and show display their talent. So I think he'd be really cool to have. He's he's a really cool dude. Um there's another guy I know named uh Luke Morrison who works at like kind of a community center in LA that um they have a really dope music studio and basically it's for low income kids and kids that have been in juvie and like a lot of these kids have no families. They come from gangland like and it's a really dope thing that he's doing. He's a really dope artist musical yeah. artist as well engineer um i love creatives dude yeah. like i actually make music a little bit myself i don't have anything released it's just something i i do for fun. fun like yeah. i would like to release shit at some point but those are two people for sure and i'll have to think about it but i'm yeah. sure i got some other people for you and there's i mean you know there's nothing really specifically else I wanted to talk about. I didn't even know what to expect. I was just like, I'm going to come in here and just be an open book and yeah. just wherever it goes, like I'm going to rock with it. But I would just like to say to people like, dude, just keep, keep going. Like, I know this might sound a little cliche and cheesy, but like you really can turn your life around and you, you really can, can make something out of it. That's very special, but it takes hard work. It takes, a risk like you you got to do something different than what you're doing so i would just say to anybody who's really feeling like lonely or struggling with mental health or self-confidence whatever it may be like focus on your health focus on your mental and physical health focus on your personal development um personally i'm a believer in god and jesus i would tell you to read the bible and and get down with with the lord and get in alignment with with his laws and you will see that your life will become so much better and you know just try to stay positive i've been in some really low dark places and i never thought i'd be where i'm at right now so you might be in a really fucked up place but like it can change but you got to change first mm -hmm. moving somewhere whatever it's it's internal everything we seek is already exists within us. The answers you're looking for, stop looking for external solutions to internal problems. Yeah. You know, go within. I think the coolest part, what I thought about when you said that is personally me, I give everything, a lot of the stuff, why I'm as talented as I'm talented is just great mentors, great coaching yeah. from a young age, not just in sports, but just in life. I, you are mainly, you're my brother, you're my cousins, you're all the other men that are in my, I'm the only one that was able to pretty much rise really? through the ranks wow. of, you know, our situation. It's like all my other brothers and cousins are just, you know, dead or in jail. Wow. So I was fortunately the one who was in line where from an early age, they were able to see it. They were yeah. like, oh yeah, no, this young man is, has some extra sauce on there. Yeah, but like, yeah. you know, we this need dude to could go do him. something. Yeah. Yeah. You can right. go do something. So, you know, that's where like, I've always kind of had a, just such a good head on my shoulders and yeah. people keeping me in line to just be like, I never had to waver or do anything like that. And it's really accelerated everything I do. That's why yeah. I'm so young and so talented with right. everything I do. I'm not the guy that's like, oh yeah, it was all me. It was this and that. It's like, yeah. no, it's fucking everybody around me. Yeah. Like, here's the thing is you, and I'm so open to be like, ask for help. 
Mm. Ask for help with everything That's I do. That's a huge right? one. Ask for help That's with everything I do. One. Even actually, I don't do anything pretty much until I ask for help or try mm. to find someone that's done something similar and go, yeah. yo, how'd you do that? That's why you're on this show. I go, hey, yo, hold on. How are you recording this? How are you yeah. doing this? Uh, all right, I'm taking that. I don't like that, but I like this. Okay, yeah. cool. We're going to do that. And that's just like the main thing. And the kind of the last thing is that I've always lived this way ever since I was a little kid. So you're talking about like coping skills, things like that. That was all stuff that was just trained to me to yeah. like have proper things, have backup plans, this, 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 have ways to, you know, um, express yourself, this and that. And like hard work, I'm, it's something that like people with athletic backgrounds, I thought everybody had it. Mm. Like it's one of those things where it was just, I didn't think I was exceptional really. It was just right. like, this is just what we do. We get the fuck up and we go to work. Right. Like, but yet, you know, yeah, big Steve, that kettlebell right there. That's the guy, you know, I'm <laughs> I always there. see you with that kettlebell. Yeah, yeah. That's big Steve. Nobody wants to fuck with big Steve. It's right. hard to fuck around with big yep, Steve, yep. but I get it. And I think the biggest hurdle that I'm going through right now is actually patting myself on the back of mm. like, kind of similar to what you're doing mm. of like, Oh no, dude, you're actually working to be on an elite level yeah. of mastering your craft and you're really passionate about what you do with this show with the businesses that i grew on the side with everything the fucking animal that's in there that monster yeah, that's yeah. caged up like <laughs> he's at a level you know everything i do is hard work so yeah kind of developing what you want to do figuring it out and just taking those baby steps to get just a little bit better every single day right? absolutely staying consistent everything about it it's it's a rhythm right it's a vibe that you got to get into and once you kind of get like addicted to seeing the results of that rhythm whatever it is dude beautiful things happen absolutely right? hey man i appreciate you coming on this has been natural thoughts and talks we'll yes, catch sir. you guys later all right bye thanks for having me Is that microphone comfortable for you? Are you okay? Yeah, because I, I oh, you like sit back. This. You were like hunched yeah. over there. No, I'm fine right this. Back with the digest. That's right. I wasn't with you on this one. Yeah, this was for Will. Mm. Really good guy. Super far commute. You know, he lives three doors down. <laughs> when you first said that, I was like, "What? Not what at are all. we talking about?" <laughs> no, not at all. Right, literally at the building next to us cool guy we met because obviously we were working out and i was like hey he just saw a guy with a microphone in a stand living like by us and i was like oh that guy's got to be cool you know hey get over here like basically just like what do you do like you got a podcast you got a show he's like yeah i got a show mm -hmm. so shout out he's like with the wrecking yard crew and all that and yeah it's really nice so basically he's like the director of operations over at that shop that they have and mm -hmm. he just where is know, it at is in Torrance. Cool. So they do a lot of work with like uh, youth sports, developing right. talent, things like that. I think they maybe do a lot of like batting cage work and just like technique, mm. coaching. And they also have like travel teams, mm. which obviously I'm not the most knowledgeable with the sport of baseball, but I know athletics. So, right. you know, just similar to how like track and field camps would work or, you know, football camps, things like that. Just they're like a platform mm -hmm. for kids to come and get better. Cool. So really awesome. I really liked the YouTube mm. channel that they got. Let me double check the show real quick. Yeah. Take a commercial break or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Sponsored by. That'd be nice. Blah, blah, blah. But one second here. Let me look it up because I have it. And you were watching it earlier today yeah. or yesterday. No, I really fuck with what they're doing. Yeah. It's really cool. So I just want to make sure that I get it right. Okay. Sandlot and the Crew podcast. Mm. 
they have like he's got a cool concept so i guess they do hour-long episodes but he's kind of cutting them up into sections like oh watch session one two three four you know through whatever Mm -hmm. six or however many he's doing but it's got a really raw vibe to it like it's super like you can tell they're in the early phases of the show but it has all the bare bones and foundation is he the is he like the host and then he has like guests on or how does it work it seems like they're kind of going to do a round robin type of vibe but the first episode is at least the owner of the wrecking crew like facility that guy and then obviously will and then he had like a coach of the facility on and then either like a player or Mm. a former player gotcha so it's really cool how they break down and yeah like i liked it because it was it was a locker room vibe you know what I mean? And that's really how you want to, whenever you hear, you can tell they're really passionate about the sport of baseball. Mm-hmm. So if it's like a sort of baseball show, they talk about baseball and then they'll like talk shit a little bit and then, you know, go back to baseball and things like that. Yeah. And yeah, like I learned, that's kind of the coolest part is like, I learned more about baseball just watching that show, just like I do with like the F1 show that I watch, right? Like I don't watch a lot of races, but I like hearing about the sport mm-hmm. and just competition in general. And it was really cool. But yeah, he came on and basically like we hit record and he just kind of took over the podcast. Like That's it was good. cool. Just I love the guests where you just hit record and I'm like, yeah, man, like steer it. Do like whatever. If, it, if it goes off track, I got you. But like yeah. keep going and told a story like big. He's from Nashville. Mm. So that's a cool city. We haven't been there. I haven't been there. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we get out there pretty soon. But yeah, he was just basically kind of telling his story. And the most impactful thing that he shared was about like mental health because mm. he came in off mic and I he was like how's your day going and I was basically telling him like dude the hack it's not even a hack it's just like what I've been doing for the past month or so is switching my mindset around fitness to it's not physical fitness like I'm doing mental fitness mm-hmm. I don't I'm not motivated physically yeah. by anything there's nothing more that I can do physically within my like mind of I'm already 99%, like 90, there's 99.99% of the human beings that I come in contact with cannot physically overpower me. I've already achieved that. Do you see what I'm saying? So like, what am I training for is the whole point, right? Like I'm already, Hannah's not going to come up and be able to overpower me. The average guy isn't going to come in here and like beat me up, right? So what am I working out for? It's my mind. Mm. Like I have a really active mind that's always going. Mm -hmm. And if it's sitting still, I get anxious. Like I get pent up, I get charged up and there's no outlet for it to go. And it seems like when I don't work out, the outlet goes negative. Mm. So I start to feel bad about myself or like I start to have negative talk where it's like, damn, you didn't work out. You fucking pussy. Like, why didn't you work out? You think you work hard. You say you work hard, but you didn't work out today. So what is it only today? What about tomorrow? What about the day after that? So is this just what we do now? Like, those are the conversations that I have in my own head. But when I work out really hard, everything gets silenced. And A, I'm too tired to even have those conversations like with myself. And it becomes like a, I'm more relaxed. Mm -hmm. Like I'm able to just kind of sit on that body of work for a little while and kind of ride that out into my next activity for the day of I go, well, if everything else goes wrong today, at least I did that. Mm. I succeeded in that. Right. Let's parlay that into more success. Right. So he was talking about that and he's like, yeah, man, like I need to work out as well. Kind of a similar thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he just kind of shared his story about like, it'll be a cool episode for you to listen to. 
but yeah, like he had some struggles with yeah. mental health and right. just like, you know, he had some, some struggles with the law as well and this and that. And it was a really cool story because he's flipped his life around to the point where like you wouldn't even be able to tell. Right. Not that you can tell people. It's kind of like the videos that we watch, like uh, out of these seven people, who's been to jail or who um, who's married or who, yeah. which which person is a stripper, right? right. And you're like well, there's one that looks like a stripper, but it's actually the girl that looks like a teacher, mm -hmm. right? Or this and that. And the girl that looks like a stripper is actually a, she's in finance or something like that. So it was just really cool. But yeah. yeah. That's fun. Yeah, I'm excited a, to listen to that. Yeah, he was a good guy. And like, it was, I like, it was kind of new because we don't have a lot of people that are pretty big on creating content too. So it was nice to be able to just talk about like equipment and stuff like that. How like often editing. do they put their, does he put his podcast out? I believe they're going to be weekly episodes mm. right now. Fun. So he's still got other episodes to go, but yeah, that the Sandlot and the crew podcast was really cool because have you seen the movie Sandlot coming from Sweden? No, I've heard of it. We should actually watch yeah. it. You would really like that movie. Maybe here in the next couple of days or so, mm -hmm. we'll put it on because that's a very classic American cinema. Yeah. And um, yeah, like it was basically just stories of like, how'd you get into baseball? Or like, mm -hmm. you know, the how, where did your love of the sport begin basically? Right. And yeah, just super like supportive of those guys and it's entertaining. So definitely check it out. Mm -hmm. and Yeah, it was a good time. Cool. I'm excited to listen to that. What do you got for me? With your working out and with your mental health, you know, with Kino, he needs to be very active. But we, I've also seen that it doesn't necessarily have to be the most rigorous frisbees, crazy physical activity. Him getting to sniff and think and things like that mm -hmm. actually also tires him out. Him tires him out. How is it with you? If you get to work your mind a lot, how? Does that help at all? My mind works better after I've come down off of a workout. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've just, it has, I have to go hit some pavement. Mm -hmm. I have to go work out. I have to, now we don't necessarily have the, like if I had a gym, like, or, you know, access to real weights, mm -hmm. you know, plates and bars and power cleans and stuff like that. I might not need to go for, let's say a run run. Cause I'm right. able to do better workouts with things like that. But, um, yeah, running just does something for me. I can feel it. It's, there's a blood flow in my brain that is able to do it. There's a certain neuron. Mm -hmm. Let's act, I actually think we can get into this because the same highways that are going on in your brain, the, what does your highway need? It needs that coffee daily, you know, hourly or whatever it is. Hourly. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's hour. You, you, when do you have your first cup? When do you have your second cup? A couple hours after the first cup, right? So is your head okay or is it hurting? That's fine. Okay. Is it hurting though? No. I'm okay. Oh, you're 100%? Yeah. Okay, good. Because it looks like you're like... No, I'm just resting it. Sounds good. You're like big ass forehead. The neurons are used to working out. It's used to hitting a level of stress, um, like physical stress when I'm running, getting tired, you know, lifting things, throwing things. The it feels empty and weird mm -hmm. when I'm not doing it. So if I track the last month or two that I've been doing this, there is a very, very strong correlation between bad days that I have and days that I did not work out mm. uh, like with a sense of urgency first right. thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. So it's just a thing that has to happen. Yeah. And my motivation 
doesn't go from like, oh, I have to work out so I look good on the beach. I don't give a fuck about that. Mm -hmm. Like I just literally don't care about that. But when I go, oh, I have to work out to help my mind, to help my brain, I go, oh, that's very important. Like I'll get up and do it and make time for it. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. I can't relate to that one, but. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's definitely on the opposite end of the spectrum of yours but um i'm working it and like making sure it's good but yeah it's just i also need more activity like i have to have some people say like oh i need me like lazy people are like oh i can't focus or study with that music or stuff like that no i have to put extra shit on there Mm -hmm. because i need to focus on the whole body of work because i'm getting bored Mm. so that's like i need to throw a show on with the computer up you know with text messages coming in so that I can work all that at the same time. And that's just like the, the frequency and the RPMs that I like to be at to get things done. Would you want to work on that? Work on that? No, to I think it's a superpower to be, I'm not saying get rid of it, mm-hmm. but to be able to be in a space where you only have a book or I, you only have a computer. I can that's do that. All you have. I can do that after the work is done. Mm. So I think after the work is done, the tasks are completed. I can sit in this room and just do nothing, but the tasks have to be. But what completed. I'm saying, when you complete the task, when you're doing the tasks, mm-hmm. the fact that for you to do that efficiently, you have to be in a wild environment. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you would want to? Would you want to have the ability to be in a quiet environment and still get your tasks done? Why? And and I'm cool with that. But why would that make me any better? I'm you okay have the ability to do it. Why would you're I? not you're not limited to only being able to do your work in uh-huh. one area and in one environment. You would be able to do your work in multiple environments. I think it's opposite is I can do it in that environment. It's slower. But yeah, you're like, no, you can't do it because it's slower. But what happens the person that's able to do it at their desk in an office? What happens I don't, when you have to I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you. Yeah. OK. So you're talking about me. I like it. Are you able to do it in a quiet environment? Yeah, I could. It's just not going to be as fun. Are you talking about like to the same level? No. Mm. Like, am I able to do it? No, because I'm just going to do it my way. Mm. I'm, in, But I'm in charge of what I'm doing. So if you could come up with a way that would make it more like efficient or something better, I'm mm-hmm. just running at a higher. That's like telling Kino to get the Frisbee slower. Mm. I don't necessarily know why he would have to get the Frisbee slower. Yeah. What environment would that have to be in? I'm not going to be in that environment. Mm-hmm. I want to stay in the chaotic ones and things like that. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything for me? No. Okay. Not That's really. fine. But I'm excited to listen to the episode though. Yeah. Will was a really good guest. Yeah. And um, he'll definitely come on again like sometime soon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're also probably going to do a, like a four man podcast, mm. possibly. I haven't got to talk to him about it, but that would be really cool because the interface that we have goes for four mics. I've never done one of those. Right. But yeah, love you. Fun. This love has you. been Natural Thoughts and Talks. Bye.